broadcasting live from the Zimmer Communications World Headquarters. This is Wake Up Mid-Missouri. Get ready, pal. Here's your host, Randy Tobler. Well, good morning. We made it to a Friday. It's Feel Good Friday. Hope you have your red on at home. Remembering everyone deployed. Hannah has her red on. Co-host this morning, Helene, has her red on. Reddish. I have red on. Are you proud of me, Hannah, just for you? I am very proud of you. <laughs> John, do you yeah. have your red on? I have red eyes. <laughs> <laughs> uh, was it mezcal? Was it vodka or gin? Yeah, what'd no. you have for breakfast? Oh, not that kind of red eye. I'm sorry. It's, it's, it's this double strength Caldy's coffee uh. around here is what it is. <laughs> hey, well, welcome into the program, along with uh, John Marsh and producer hannah i'm randy tobler uh, brian will be in a little bit later we have a lot to talk about on feel good friday not everything's feeling that good but we have a lot to feel good about like the the chiefs are playing right yeah that's Tomorrow. good so that's that'll good. be interesting taylor to gonna be there i don't know yeah that's important john do you know is taylor gonna be there i know you follow this closely I mean, you know, I would hope so, but uh, I, I, it has not been confirmed to me yet by the chief front office. And are we going to have to pay for stream? I had to actually suck it up and pay five ninety nine for a month of Peacock to watch the game. They didn't do a free trial? Well, well, no, I don't know, but I signed up. <laughs> I figured, well, you know, you pay that to go to a movie. Well, you pay that for a box of popcorn at the movie. So, well, it was worth it. But then I have to remember to cancel it. Before 30 yeah. days go by, so it doesn't auto-renew, because you give problem. them your card. Put it on your calendar. Yeah. Will you remind Eight. me, Hannah? You're very organized. I am not very organized, uh. but I will make a strong effort. There's Brian Houseworth. It's good to see you. We're not going to have to pay to stream the game, right? I mean, we can watch it without streaming. I think that's exactly right, and, and we that's can, the way it should be. And we hear it on... KCMQ, KCMQ, KWS, and also well, yeah, KWS and KCMQ. And KWS. Now, do they do they like do an extensive pregame too? Because uh, I'm always the busy. radio. Or? The radio. Yeah, yeah, yeah there's absolutely. an extensive pregame. Isn't there's there? an extensive pregame. Yep. It's it's uh, hosted by Dan Israel. Um, yeah. Dan is a longtime radio guy. Um, it's by the way the biggest radio network. In the NFL, by far. Yeah. Uh, Dan Israel hosts it. Art Haynes is doing the scoreboards, very similar to what I do on Mizzou. A little bit different. They ha- have him, obviously, f- focusing on the NFL. But they do a lot of details, uh, and they also have game analysis. I mean, it's extremely... Uh, I think it's better information than in the... Well, here's what's happening in the in the NFL on TV to me. You have about five or six people at a table yelling at each other and talking over each other. And it's <laughs> kind of like this show, Brian. Oh. Yeah, 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 yeah. I would not say I'm not yelling say, here, but uh, but no, that's the, and, and it's gotten that way on at least some of the shows, and it's really irritating. I'm much more into the information, the Brent Musburger, the Irv, Irv Cross style. And uh, in on the radio, they do that, and it really it's it's refreshing to hear that. How did you feel? Because uh, I know yesterday you got fired up. I, we ought to replay that. That I think Brian is going to be among my uh, winners of the week, which we'll do at eight thirty-five. By the way, so guys, make sure that you weigh in on that either on the text or the phone five seven three eight seven four ninety three ninety. But you got worked up about being distracted. I got I got into a little thing about how people are just doing crazy things with their looks to get attention or whatever they're doing and celebrities and so forth. And you said, well, wait, you know, why aren't we focusing on the news? Right. And and the Tony content. Dungy was talking. Right. Why don't we talk about content? And Tony Dungy got into a little bit of a thing about the whole Taylor Swift. And, yes. OK. And Chiefs and Kelsey. But you think about it. Remember John Madden and the turducken mm-hmm. that lives to this day. 
that was a that was a a wonderful, healthy, yes, inclusive distraction. Inclusive. That was an inclusive <laughs> thing. <laughs> but a turducken is not unless really you're the turkey, right? Very <laughs> doesn't taste very good. But I mean, Sorry. the women of the house, <laughs> yes. the men of the yes. house, everyone was talking about the turducken. <laughs> And he was, it, it, it was. I think that's. But he a knew little, his football. Yeah. I think that's a little different yeah. um, th- to what we're referring to. And and Dungey specifically, his complaint is the coverage of Taylor Swift. He feels like it's nonstop. Yeah. Um, yeah. And I've, <laughs> some of the anal- analysts have said the same thing. Yeah. Of course, Chiefs fans see it differently. All the dads, but, Brads, and Chads. But, uh, <laughs> One even called them married. Who was it? That, oh, Tony Romo. Was it keeps, Tony Romo? He keeps, he keeps saying her, her, uh, his wife. His, and wife. his wife. Oh. Is, yeah, no, and, and, and multiple times. And uh, and I don't know if he just keeps forgetting. By the way, Tony Romo married a girl from right here in Columbia. He married a television news anchor at Channel 8. Oh, um, really? A lot oh. of people don't know that. She went to uh, went to college but here. But, uh, yeah, I think it'll be interesting. Should be a great game in uh, KWS, KCMQ, Um it's not going to be an easy It'll game. It'll be. It won't no, be. No, at no, all. no. But we'll have it's to on see CBS TV. Yes, 530. CBS TV. 5.30 okay. on Sunday night. Highmark Stadium in Orchard Park. Oh, it's on Sunday. That's Sunday right. night. Yes, sir. And this will actually be the last game of the season that we will be able to air on KWOS yep. and KCMQ. Why? Oh. Uh, the Chiefs get real picky with their radio coverage, their radio affiliates. Once you get super late into the playoffs, so yeah, it's, it's an NFL thing. Once yeah. you hit this stage of the playoffs, it becomes a whole nother package. Well, give me there. Pete Rosell's number. I'm calling well, him right away. He's, so, he's the head down there, respond. isn't he? It's well, <laughs> Pete Rosell. You're talking about the former NFL. Commissioner, I know. I'm kidding you. <laughs> Hannah, Hannah, and John are absolutely right. And what happens is the radio has to be on at that point. Westwood one. And they take away. I, I personally, I don't like it. I, I don't like it because no. these affiliates have carried it yeah. the whole season. And I think it's just the flagship in Kansas City, the Wolf, that is allowed to carry it. And uh, that's and then whoever the flagship is for the other team. But that's uh, it's something that's been done. And fans complain about it because they want to hear Mitch Holtis and they want to hear the crew they're used to hearing from. No offense to the guys at Westwood One. They do a great job, but it's not the same. But it is an NFL rule. Um, and MLB does that, too, with the Cardinals late late in the season. I, I just have never understood that. Well, and it's a bummer, you know, when the Chiefs have been in the Super Bowl yeah. that we're not able to carry yeah, exactly. it. Exactly. Is what it is. John, what happened to loyalty? Whether it's Trump, know. whether it's the, in the NFL, whether what happened to loyalty? You're loyal all the time to a person or to an institution, and yep. then they just throw you under the bus. They just That's kind of like you. you know Tony Romo dumping Carrie Underwood back in the day. So yeah, <laughs> yeah. he it, must have had some traumatic brain injury to dump Carrie yeah, Underwood. No kidding, no kidding. Well, and it, like I said, he married a. Um, she was a news anchor at one time, very well known, and her brother's kind of a famous actor. The the the. Yes, and I can't huh. think of his name. He was on a television show with, with famous. I'm I don't know Hollywood like I like you guys do, but I, he was big name at the time. But the 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 anchor at Channel Eight was a um, her last name was Crawford. Her last name was Crawford, and she did a fantastic job. I don't think she's doing TV news anymore, but uh, should be a great game. Randy, quickly, we are under a wind chill advisory just for our listening area. It's going to feel today like 10 if we're lucky. Actually, that's going to be the temperature, 10 degrees if we're lucky. Wind chill will make it feel like minus 15, and the National Weather Service is actually urging everyone to get blankets in their car today and tomorrow mm. just in case you have trouble. All right, so... I was thankful that you were accurate, that it was 
just a dusting. It yes. wasn't a surprise. Yes. And I'm even more thankful that we didn't have a lot of the melt, warm, snow, Arctic blast, freeze, and an ice. You know, everything's black ice. Yeah, on the driveways, on the sidewalks, and everything. I mean, from what I've seen, the the pavement's pretty good in most places. In most places, yes, there are exceptions, though. Yeah. There are exceptions, and that's and, where you get hurt when you don't really anticipate it. You take I it live, for granted. I live in an apartment complex in Columbia, and unfortunately, I've taken a tumble down the uh, stairs. God protected me; I could hit my head, and then I took a nasty fall a couple of years Ooh, ago. Wow. Hit the same black ice yesterday yeah. and it's it's in an area that it doesn't get a lot of sunlight you can't see it mm-hmm. and and uh and and you just yeah. have to kind of walk is is our business manager becky james said kind of walk like a penguin yes um right it's that's the way they teach you but just be very careful because there can be some surprise areas 95 percent of it's fine but yes those black ice areas are out there now because we slick like streets and places too that's right because we like to call balls and strikes mm-hmm. right we like to call balls and strikes on the program I find it interesting that despite the plunging temperatures across the country, extended, we have not heard of rolling brownouts, you know, uh, electricity alerts, like we did a few years ago in Texas and other places. We have to, we have to ponder this. What does that mean? I actually was listening to the radio station on my way in this morning. Uh, This morning with Gordon Deal, they were talking about this specifically in Texas, which of course it was two or three years ago that they went a few days without power, <laughs> mm. most of them, um, because mm-hmm. the grid just couldn't support it. Windmills froze. Yeah, the windmills and froze. they were right. the expert that Gordon Deal had on was saying that Texas is, you know, has emerged as a leader in the renewable energy, you know, scene, and especially since the blackouts happened a couple years ago, um, they now have the capability to, when you know it's cloudy. They can easily use the fossil fuels to power their grid. And then when the sun comes out later in the day, a lot of it's powered by solar or wind. So they've really adapted over the last couple of years. And remember, they took a lot in Texas that it wasn't more of a governmentally organized power grid. And that's what led to the failure. But it's that very innovative, market-driven mm-hmm. grid that seems right. to have overcome and triumphed. I mean, I, they that's, learned a lot of lessons. It right. sounds like, yeah. Well, the market, yeah. it, the market is wise, resilient, and always more efficient than the government. And that's historically we we know that. I yeah. mean, uh, that that's the case. But Hannah's absolutely right. It it was it was it was voluntary, and the, they they are using renewables, which is interesting because that is. You would make the argument between that and Alaska, a big petroleum state. Uh, I've yeah. been down there, a lot of oil wells. But, but yes, I think to your point, Randy, the you have to give a lot of credit to in in Jefferson City Three Rivers Electric Cooperative and to Amron. Amron serves a lot of our listening area as well. But in Columbia, it'd be Columbia Power and Light in the cooperatives as well, Boone Electric and others, because they have done a great job. They really have. And, and uh, it's worth mentioning, Columbia Utilities have had linemen and line women on duty just in case. And most mm. of these days, just in case we've had downlines, but it really hasn't happened. Um, so we're fortunate. And um, Wait till been, you get your bill after these couple well, of cold spells. Yeah. Well, yeah. And in that yeah. regard, there was a story that I, I, we may have talked talked about it but i i was uh, in communication with cindy o'laughlin who yeah. is has a, a lot of um concern about sure. about energy regulations and so forth did we did you hear that Ameren is raising their renewable energy surcharge from 35 cents a month to two dollars and four cents a month 
I have not heard that. For a residential customer using 1,000 kilowatt hours of electricity a month. But again, they I have not heard that. Um, and they do that. ABC 17, our news partner. Yeah. It, keep in mind, Randy, the bulk of people in Columbia are not on Ameren. Um, Ameren serves a lot of people in Moberly, and there's a lot of people okay. in Jefferson City as well. Hannah is. She's yeah. raised her hand. Yeah. That's 25 bucks a month. That's almost half the price of a new Stanley Cup. <laughs> You're saying $25 a I mean, a year. A year. $25 a year. How yeah. often are you going to replace your Stanley Cup? Oh, no. Uh, <laughs> hopefully never. It's like got a warranty <laughs> or something. Yeah. Well, we got a release from yesterday from Ameren that there's another charge they have on people's bills that's dropping by four cents a month. But oh. They did not send us the one about the rates. Yeah. Well, no. in, in, our, in our house, we have... <laughs> Thanks, the, Brian. <laughs> Thank you. In our house, we have the furnace... The stove and the dryer are all gas. And yeah, what about your curling iron, your blow dryer? Don't forget those. That's electricity, right? Yeah. Yeah, that's a separate department. Oh, the, the, the other things are all propane. I I am an Ameren customer for natural gas. Oh, for natural. Okay. Oh, for natural washer they, and dryer. What is that? Well, the dryer is a. It's an old school gas powered oh, dryer. Oh wow! Wow! Yeah. Wow. Um, but our our gas bill in the winter gets That's crazy. Uh, almost to two hundred dollars sometimes a month here. Yeah. 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 Hey, let's take Kirk real quick. What's up on you what's up on your mind today on this feel good Friday, Kirk? Hey, well I've got a bunch of stuff to be thankful for and uh I wanted to bring into the conversation about uh, one of the things that contributed to that disaster they had down in Texas was that when they were building the grid they were trying to do it as economically as possible and they found that they could actually earn money by utilizing all the subsidies that the federal government was providing for uh, building these renewable, unreliable uh, sources of uh, electricity. So that's where they went down that road. And then they realized, (laughs) in in hindsight, (laughs) that, hey, it was great. We got all this money and we got all these bonuses and commissions and such because we did this so economically, but we did it. Uh, yep, erroneously. You're right, Kurt. The moral to that story is when the gummit says it's good for us and incentivizes it, watch out. Some people are going to get rich while the rest of us take a hit. Coming up, the Daily DC Rundown. Not with Stephanie. I'll give it a try. See you then. This is Wake Up Mid-Missouri. Text the crew at 874-9390. Warning, everyone on the show can read your texts. Welcome into a feel-good Friday. Randy Tobler with you. Helene co-hosting today. We're going to do a Doctor's In segment at 710. You don't want to miss that. Representative Dave Griffith will be with us uh, just after the bottom of the hour news. Uh, because there's a he sponsored us a, a a measure on uh, veteran suicide, and so we want to talk about that. That feels good. Why? Because yeah. we've got to prevent that. It's an epidemic, mm-hmm. and I know John. I know you you're excited about that, and so am I about getting that word out. And Rick Rowden's going to join us a little bit later at uh, seven thirty five. There's a great event coming up if you want to support uh, first responders as well. Now, in the D- Daily DC rundown, the Senate yesterday, and shortly after that, the House passed a kick it. Down the can bill. Kick the can down the road bill. That's what I call it. Or kick the can or kick it down the can or whatever. Kick sure. Your, so kick, sounds good to me. Hannah, kick my can down the road. Uh, 
Because this is that it delays it to the end of March. They funded most of the essential services that were otherwise going to be cut if they didn't do something. And they're still negotiating on whether to hold the border security hostage to Ukraine and Israeli funding. And who knows where it's all going to go. I, Schumer says he thought he had a 50-50 chance. Mike Johnson said nothing starts until the border. And he's got Donald Trump's backing. Now, mm-hmm. when was the budget originally supposed to be finalized by? Uh, the budget is supposed to be, I mean, the fiscal year starts in October of every yeah. year. <laughs> I was going to say, I am notorious for procrastinating. Ah. And this is impressive even by my standards. Really? Oh, yeah. Oh, yeah. There, It's got the Hannah seal of procrastinational approval. John, when was <laughs> the last time they passed a budget before it was in effect? Wow, you got me on that it one. It had to be in the 90s. I think I mean, it was in the 90s. You have kidding aside, yeah. I mean, not in recent memory. No, I mean, I think that was during the golden days of the Clinton uh, revolution uh, when he was dragged kicking and screaming to tax reform and welfare reform by Newt Gingrich and the House Republicans. So that was that. In Davos, there's a lot of courageous testimony going on from leaders across the world, from Javier Millet from Argentina to Kevin Roberts at Heritage. I have sound on that, and we're going to talk about that. Courageous? Uh, at 650. They're courageous? Courageous. Because, courageous. Well, they're in the belly of the liberal progressive beast, and they're right. going after they're, them. Okay. Yeah, they're, they're we, calling we them We saw out. some of the elites, and I was very non-impressed. Stomach-turning. Yes. I did a Google search. Uh, Congress has only completed the budget before the fiscal year four times in the last 40 years. There you go. It's 1996 been was the last and time. And Jamal Bowman. I pulled the fire alarm because I thought it was the exit. Jamal Bowman, he's proposing $14 trillion in reparations for 42 million black Americans. Wow. That's what's going down in D.C. This when is not come- Feel Good Friday. Sorry. <laughs> this doesn't sound feel good to me. When we come back, we'll be talking with Representative Dave Griffith. The news can be heavy. So can a boulder. This is Wake Up Mid-Missouri. The other day, I was uh, I was getting some work done on my car. Oh, welcome back! If you're new to the show, we're Wake Up Mid Missouri. I'm Randy Tobler. There's producer Hannah, co-host Helene today. Good morning, Brian Houseworth coming into the studio. And Good morning, John Marsh. How you doing, Big John? Doing good. Uh, anyway, I was uh, there, and I, there was this old gentleman who had had a, a cap on with Vietnam service, and he dropped his cane, mm. and he was a a feeble guy and I could tell he was struggling and I picked the cane up and and he said thank you I said no thank you I said I, I almost I'm brought to tears when I talk to veterans uh, yes. no matter Amen. where they served and at yes. what age they are because I, I never did and it's very humbling um, and I picked up the cane I said well I guess we could call this raisin cane huh oh. and, he, and he sort of laughed and we had a good chuckle <laughs> but there's nothing better than people who have served our country when it comes to patriotism and people who who just know what right is and what wrong is one of those people's is representative uh, griffith who we're talking to now griffith how you doing representative griffith good to talk to you again talk to you too randy and i've been doing a little research on you and we want to talk about your uh, because of your leadership of course in the house uh from the of course you're in the district there in the cole county area um about veterans affairs but you served as a green beret and i have a a son-in-law who's in robin sage training which may make some sense to you um but we don't hear the details, but the harrowing tales of the things that you go through to become a special forces um, uh, service member in this country are amazing. So thank you for your service and for what you went through, because I have a little flavor of it, of what it is. 
Well, it was truly an honor to serve, and I um, I think God put me in a, in a good place uh, many times in my life, and that was mm-hmm. one of those times that I was able able to um, mm-hmm. um, do some things that uh, a lot of people don't get to do. Yeah, and yeah. I, Nor could a lot of people ever uh, succeed at doing. Right. Let's, 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 let's put in perspective there. <laughs> this, this is this, this is, is not, not for those who are faint of heart. <laughs> no. <laughs> uh, John, uh, John, uh, I, I want you to take the lead here because uh, you brought up uh, the legislation that uh, Representative Griffith is talking about. So uh, let's let's set the table. Yeah, Griff talked to us. House Veterans Committee uh, this week unanimously passed the bill to direct the Veterans Commission to, I guess, put veteran suicide a whole lot higher on their priority list, right? It really does. House Bill 1495 is uh, the, the veteran suicide bill that I've carried for the last three years, and uh, we know what's happened the two years previous. And So this year, I'm, I'm really hoping to get across the finish line. But um, this year, it went through the my committee. We had a hearing two weeks ago, and then this past Tuesday, uh, it passed out of my committee uh, by consent. Um, and actually, um, and during that same uh, hearing, um, we had a lady from from the Joplin area. Um, her name was Debbie Fitzgerald. She runs the Ozark Crisis Center down there. She came and testified. Um, normally, I give those that testify in my committee about 15 minutes. Uh, she testified for an hour. Mm. And I'm telling you, she gave us some information uh, for four years. Um, I've been trying to get some um, information that, that can lead us to knowing and recognizing when somebody has suicide ideation, when they're mm. contemplating suicide. And I worked for the Red Cross for six years, and we had a card that, that showed people, uh, kind of pointed people towards somebody that's going to have a heart attack or have a stroke. Mm-hmm. So I've been asking for four years for a card that would be uh, similar to that when it dealt with suicide. Mm-hmm. Debbie brought us one. And it's the first time I've seen that. Um, I told her at the end of the hearing I wanted 55,000 of those, and then I, she kind of looked at me kind of funny, and I said, well, okay, I'll take 5,000 of them. So mm-hmm. Uh, next week, I'm going to be receiving those cards. But one thing that she talked about that I think that uh, I'd like to share with your audience today is something called question, persuade, and refer. The question, persuade, and refer is uh, when you have a friend of yours, a family member, or um, a friend that really starts talking and, and acting in a, in a way that they normally have not. Mm-hmm. When they say things like, um, I'm not going to be here next week. Um, I won't be there next month. Those are trigger words and, and phrases that we need to, be, to mm. take serious. Um, when you have a friend that says, oh, I could, I could just kill myself, um, they may be kidding as, as a one-off, but there may be something behind that that really needs to be explored. So um, we've had a, really, a lot of really good testimony, but I can tell you that uh, Debbie's testimony uh, really touched my heart and really mm. gave me some hope for uh, stemming this uh, crisis that we've got uh, with uh, with suicide, and to your point, John, I think that the the, the veterans commission has got three priorities. The mm-hmm. first priority is the veterans home. The second priority is the cemeteries that we've got. The third priority is the veteran service officers. By passing this bill, this will make veteran suicide one of their priorities, and that's why it's important to get this bill across the finish line. Uh, Chairman Griffith, we appreciate you joining us live, and thank you for your service. By the way, you're a Green Beret, and one of the best songs I've ever heard is a guy named Barry Sadler, that song yep. that sang the Green. I, mm-hmm. I get choked up even thinking mm-hmm. about it. The the Green Berets, mm-hmm. and I mean, you want to talk about a a phenomenal song? There's nothing better than that. Uh, we appreciate your service. Your bill. I'm just going to read it. It's one sentence, plain and simple, Mr. Chairman. Your bill tasks the Missouri Veterans Commission 
with expanding its efforts to prevent veteran suicide. Mm. Nothing more than that That's that sums it up right there. As you know, though, anything it's one thing to propose it. It's another thing to have the governor go to the podium during a State of the State address next week mm-hmm. and make his recommendations well with all the television cameras there all the radio reporters all the newspaper reporters as well the governor will be there he'll have an audience with 197 state lawmakers two-part question a are you hopeful that the governor will include this in his state of the state address and b have you talked to him about this um to answer your first question yes i definitely hope that he will he will include that uh, he's a veteran himself, so he gets it. He knows what it's all about. Um, and, yes, I have talked with him. I've talked with him, and mm-hmm. I've talked with his staff. Uh, Governor Parson, um, for me, is a really good friend. Mm-hmm. Um, I, I don't ever call him Mike. I always call him uh, Governor. But um, we're on that on that level, I think. And his wife, Teresa, is one of the, one of the sweetest ladies that I, I've ever known. And I can tell you that uh, it is my hope that from the podium he will talk about that. Um, it is a crisis. Uh the suicide rate that we have in the state of Missouri for the general population is 23.2%. Mm. For, for veterans, it's 44.5%. Oh, terrible. So it's, uh, it's double. And uh, Missouri ranks right now, I, for a long time, uh, Brian, I, <laughs> I I think I lied because I said Missouri was number one in the country. We're not number one, but we rank right up there. I think mm, sure. the last oh, yeah. words I heard were, were fourth, fourth or sixth in the, in the country population and really in the area we've got with uh, with Missouri uh, Oklahoma Kansas uh, Arkansas this these these four states that are right here um, we have a lot of veterans that retire here hmm. we have a lot of uh, service members that say when they get out of the, of the service they stay in these areas and we like that but that also can drive those numbers up so I think that it's something that um, uh, we've got to get a handle on Okay. Um, I think this is just this past year, I've lost two of my very close friends to yeah. suicide. Oh, when that happens to you personally, it touches your heart in a way that uh, it never changes. There's always questions that you've got as to what could I have done? What could I have said that could have made a difference? Thank you for your service, Mr. Chairman. Representative right. Griffith, um, we have a... Um my my daughter actually had a friend that committed suicide, and what you say is absolutely true. That there are trigger words and phrases, and that we have some clue that's so that's so important to to hone in on. And they get people around them that that they'll they'll have that experience that know when to clue into them. So, but there's a lot of rancor, rancor in the Senate, and your thoughts about getting this issue across the finish line? Well, there is, and I can tell you, Senator Eigel is uh, he's a veteran himself. He's the chairman of the the Senate uh, Veterans Committee. Uh, he and I have spoken a number of times. I know it's a priority for him. Um, he's already put together a veterans omnibus bill that he's going to try and, and put through. Um, I'm in hopes that that's part of it. We've visited about that. Um, but it's, it's for us it, in the in the House, it's very frustrating for us to do the work that we do and to send really good bills over to the Senate. And this one is is one that is non controversial. It has to be to, to go consent. But for them to not take that up and pass it uh, the same day they get it um, is beyond me. Mm-hmm. So um, I've gone into this session uh, with a positive attitude and thinking that we are going to get some things done. If we go in there and think, well, nothing's going to happen, and I have a lot of my colleagues that are saying uh, that this is going to be a throw-off session because it's an election year. Um, if we do that, 
I'm, I'm sure nothing will happen. Representative Dave, Dave Griffith joins us on Wake Up Mid-Missouri this morning. And uh, lots of lots of exciting things going on in that committee, Representative. Thank you for that. Yeah, Dave, I, Dave, I know that uh, in past sessions when we've heard the testimony from veterans up there, it, one angle that came out that wasn't so much the overt suicide, but the number of veterans who have died because of substance abuse issues mm. that continues for so many so many folks who've, who've returned home. They, that's right. And a number of things that I think attribute to that, because a number of the injuries that they have, um, TBI, a, a traumatic brain injury, um, the PTSD that we've got and trying to find ways that we can treat that. Um, I think medication is a good way, and, and Randy, you're being a doctor, you would know more about this than I do, but I think that uh, I think that there's some counseling that can be done. I think there are some ways that we can uh, look at addressing some of these issues without medicating our, our veterans to the point where when their medications run out and they, they become addicted to those, yes. and then they look at yes. alternative methods yes. trying to treat it, then that's when we have, uh, that's when we have suicide that can happen uh, it leads down to a very, very hard path. You know, Dave, I think you probably know, you and I are of, of enough uh, seniority on years in the on the planet that you know that whether it's a washing machine that's making a noise or a car that's making some rattling noise or um, someone who's having some early mental health problems, early addressing of a problem, often an ounce of prevention is a pound of cure. You sit on the mental health uh, you know, committee and health and mental health committee as well, and I'm concerned that there there are so there is so much obstruction and so many hoops for counselors at lower levels of credentialing to get through that I think could provide some of that early counseling, early intervention that may preempt some of the more and increasingly hard to find intensive therapy, whether it is veterans or non-veterans that need mental health care, because a lot of these things then turn into either violent crimes or drug related mm-hmm. property crimes. And I just, man, and when I see the regulatory hassle that that people early in their career that want to be counselors, want to be licensed social workers, they've got to do 30,000 hours and go mm-hmm. to jump through 25 million hoops to get the legitimacy to counsel someone. Am I right or wrong there that we've got too much noise for people that could be offering helpful counseling at an earlier stage? I think you're exactly, you're spot on there. But I think also, Randy, one of the other things that is a concern is that a lot of these veterans that uh, are in the National Guard reserves or in the military, uh, they don't they hesitate in going to try and get mental health because of uh, if they do, they're going to be labeled. Oh, oh yes, but they're labeled. Oh. They're, uh, then their chance for getting promotions or even staying oh, in the military. Yeah, you're uh, right. It, it starts to affect that. Well, conversations like this need to, to, to bring awareness to the fact that there's probably no better worker than a veteran. There's no one that's going to be share the same values that an owner of a small business or a large business, for that matter. Um, and to stigmatize this, I, man, we should be over that. Just like we're over racism in this country, we should be over that stigmatization as well. Well, and that's one thing, the conversation that I've been trying to have with the military and I've had with General Compton a number of times in the National Guard is what what can we do to try and get these folks the help they need, yeah. but not penalize them for that? Right. Um, we had one case uh, two years ago. I had an interim committee on veteran suicide and mental health, and we had a, a, a lady and her, uh, a woman and her daughter that came up from Springfield, and her husband was a lieutenant colonel in the National Guard. He was on the Springfield uh, Police Department, and he committed suicide. Oh. 
he, they knew he had a problem, and they talked about it. But he said, if I go to my commanding officer, if I go to my uh, commander on the police fleet, this may affect my job. They may let me go. Mm. And Man. now, retrospect, after he committed suicide, they say, I really don't care. I wish I would have. We wish we would have done that because yeah. we miss him every single day. Yeah, there you uh. go. I think people who admit mm. and own their, you know, mm. we live in a gotcha culture and it permeates the media, but sadly it permeates private society as well. And, um, you know, I've always celebrated in any sphere I've worked out, anyone that wants to own some little wart that they have or some little flaw in their mm. character. My God, we all live in, in glass houses. They actually, their stock price goes up in my book, and I hope that we can start to turn the turn the tide there. Representative Dave Griffith, we're out of time. I'm getting the stink eye from producer Hannah. You know what that means. <laughs> so I got to run. Look forward to our next conversation. Thank you so much for Thank sponsoring you for your all of the great veterans legislation, including the suicide bill. Thank you, sir. Thank you, sir. All right. There he is, Representative Dave Griffith. Uh, When we come back, great talk going on at Davos. Yes, Davos. Great talk. We'll cover that when we come back on Wake Up Mid-Missouri. Rick Rowden joins us at 735. This is Wake Up Mid-Missouri. Telling you what you want to hear. economic forum and how a bunch of loons there that's that's sort of where the new world order came and you know john remember when that was anathema now they're talking about new world order two and Uh, what now anathema anathema that's the the word for the day okay anathema anathema Anathema. john knows this word there you go yeah what's it mean john kind of a like a a quandary or sort of a (laughs) Really it's something to be repelled. Okay. It's okay. icky, gross. It doesn't Yucky. feel good. Yucky. But but you've got people there. You've got some of the world's richest and most powerful people that gather for the last fifty-two years. That's their problem. They're rich. They're way outside. <laughs> they don't know what the common man is about. They're I'm sorry. Of, they are out of. They're out of touch. Don't get my wife started. Oh, about- I get so angry when I look at those people. <laughs> oh, there's just so. She's on a roll. They're so no, they, they're so elite. They think they're so above us. I'm sorry. Well, they they're fly clueless. there. Apparently, so they, what? They, they, Jesse Waters was talking last night about uh, escorts. They have their escorts. I'm not talking about their significant others, yes. but seven hundred dollars high, high paying escorts. Yes. Yeah. So and and you know we've heard about John Kerry and Al Gore flying there in their private jets and burning more carbon than Hannah, John, Randy, and Helene put together would would spew in a year, right? Except for the big A truck. Yeah. <laughs> okay, that's right. The big A truck I got. Yeah. At any rate, so it amounts to you're just yearning. It's a feel good Friday, and when I heard Javier Millet, who is the new. Uh, boss down in Argentina, the guy that during his campaign had chainsaws, he's because he was going to cut government. Right, right, he was gonna right, ba- right. Well, this is a translator as he took it to the belly of the beast at the World Economic Forum. Here he is. Buenas tardes. Good afternoon. Muchas gracias. Thank you very much. 
Today I'm here to tell you that the Western world is in danger. And it is endangered because those who are supposed to have to defend the values of the West are co-opted by a vision of the world that inexorably leads to socialism. Okay, there he is. Mm -hmm. Isn't that courageous? There you mm -hmm. are, at the belly Yay. of the beast. Throwing it at him. Good right. for Javier Malay. Yeah. There is a movement towards populism. Donald Trump is at the point of that spear. We'll be talking about that in the VP check.